0: greg norman yes well
1: done
0: he's done it at last greg norman 69 and great stuff the champion for 1986 my guest this episode was born in la in the us in 1967 he didn't start playing golf until he was 16 In 2003, just before he returned to Australia, he visited 19 countries in one year. He now resides on the Gold Coast in Australia. He has visited most countries on the planet, a US PGA and Australian PGA member, married with two children, CEO of Golf Industry Central in Australia. Please welcome Mike Orloff. Welcome, Mike.
1: Hi, Glenn. How's everything going this morning?
0: Yes, good. Thanks, mate. Same as you. I've I've had my coffee. I've actually been down for a swim. There's a place Ah. just uh, five minutes from us. We live in Cronulla down south in Sydney. Oh, excellent. And uh, the water was beautiful today, calm and beautiful.
1: Yeah, well, I'm up here on the Gold Coast, so it's been a a mixed bag of uh, rainy sort of uh, that tropical – feel, and then uh, the last couple of days have been nice and sunny, had my early morning walk and officially back to work today.
0: Beautiful. Okay, Mike, let's uh, jump straight in. Born in 1967 in the US?
1: Yep, yep. Los, Los Angeles base, just, uh, just south of LA.
0: Yep.
1: So uh, everybody, everybody knows where Disneyland is, so that's the easiest uh, easiest point on the map. I, di- I wasn't born at Disneyland, but very close to it.
0: <laughs> How far from Disneyland.
1: Uh, I lived uh, probably – five I used to be able to watch fireworks from my house, so probably five, ten-minute drive.
0: And the obvious question, how many times do you reckon you've visited Disneyland?
1: <laughs> too, too many times, and I, I don't Lots. think I'm going to go back again. Yeah, I've gone heaps as, uh, as a kid, and then um, – it was always the best place to go on your first date i always say because yeah yeah if you wanted interested in somebody you get to hop on the rides and you no know. but uh over the years went numerous times and then uh i went we went as a family about five years ago and i don't think i'll go back again because be we had the best the best experience we've ever possibly could have and it'll never match um just a, a, a good friend of mine's uh Daughter worked there, so we got in for fairly inexpensive, and had all the best tickets to get around, and got all the best spots, and went right through the queues. Never had, never had long waits.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> so. And tell me about your parents.
1: Yep, yep. But the, unfortunately, they they both passed uh, yeah. five, six, uh, five and seven years ago. What were um, their names? Uh, Bill and Marianne.
0: And um. Tell me so that, a, what was Bill's job? Yeah, well, he
1: he he was a uh self-employed a woodworker. Yeah. Um through the family his his father owned a um a wood mill, like the old fashioned wood mill yes. they would rip up the big big logs and and uh, make them into th- things that you can build with and then he sort of carried on with that and that, that was sort of the, that was my early introduction to working and that was going to be my he wanted me to go into ca- cabinetry and and, um, and building and a whole host of things. Did that for a while. Drove a truck, 20-foot uh, uh, flatbed, and drove that around L.A. delivering things. Beautiful. Remote places. And uh, I just realized it's not what I wanted to
0: do. <laughs> no, you said I'm out of that. And Mary Ann.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Homemaker, but uh, early on, was, uh, she works in tax and in the bank. Um. Uh, what else? She worked in a toy store. That was one of the best best things as a young kid, really, really young, <laughs> under under ten. She yeah, she worked at a toy store, one of the coolest toy stores I've ever seen. Well, where you walk in, you smell things, you know, the old fashioned yeah, yeah, toys. Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess it's old fashioned toys now. You you smell the, the boxes and you smell the old wooden yeah, pieces. Yeah, I know what you mean. Yeah. You, you just uh you go exploring for hours. It was fantastic.
0: And how many brothers <clears throat> and sisters?
1: Uh three brothers, uh all older. So I'm the I'm the youngest sibling um so all the older ones 10, 10 years older than me that's bill another bill yep. um and then uh, another one that was uh what three years under that so uh john and paul so I just needed ringo would have been uh, the,
0: <laughs> that's funny <laughs> the Beatles that's funny i um i've got four boys so what was it like growing up in a house with four boys
1: oh yeah i've I felt for my mom and now now being a father now with with two uh, boy and a girl, yeah. uh, you you look back and uh, you, you know uh, four boys would be uh, would be a handful. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so we we, we always uh, my wife always laughs at me because I when we first met and I'd always eat really fast and she why do you eat so fast and I'm like I had, I had to, to because survive yeah, I had to because my brothers and, and my dad would get the food, would get seconds before me and I'd be out of, out of luck. So he sort of had to be the first one through. But <laughs> as the, uh, the, the father got the, um, you yeah, know, uh, these are little side stories, but um, yeah, back then you'd, you'd get, um, uh, you buy some chicken or something. You'd have two legs or two, or turkey, you'd have two legs. And so who got them?
0: Yeah, <laughs> so, it was four. So That's
1: right. Yeah, it was always da- dad. So it was actually five boys. You put it. You put oh,
0: five right. Yeah. It
1: makes, yeah. It's actually five boys. So, dad got one of the legs and then one of us would have to fight for the other one but no all, all good really a uh, good range between us uh, age-wise and um but you know had a lot of similarities that we loved together surfing was one big one that they got me into um early on that was part of our family trips yep um and sort sort of was a catalyst of where my golfing career started which is uh, ironic actually and where where things are happening now it's almost going full circle
0: yeah i think you said in the in the notes you sent me so it was on a family vacation that you mm. it wasn't until 16 though so that was a late to start eh? Huh?
1: yeah yeah well we, we said so my, my heritage is uh from a Rus- russian background from russia So my great-grandparents and everybody came over from russia over to the united states and so they're all big congregation in the church you know, churches that we're all part of and we'd yep. all go on uh, camping uh during summer so our summer holidays are different than here um you've got um two and a half months of of holiday smack in the in the summertime and we'd go for a couple weeks at a time and camp at the beach and what we do is you know big range of kids uh age-wise and um go surfing in the morning and then nothing to do and then go surfing in the afternoon and then Get get up to mischief in the evening, and and on one of those trips, my cousin goes, hey, let's you want to do golfing, and I'm like, well, what's what's that? Like I never even yeah, I was yeah. never never exposed to it because where I grew up is not not quite inner city, but close to a city. There was no golf courses. We weren't you know we yeah. didn't have access to any of that. Um, didn't even know about it, and you know TV wasn't really that that um, wasn't something we watched.
0: Now it's time for a bit of advertising. I'm particularly excited about this one. A good mate of mine, who's an absolute golf tragic and I've coached for years, has a little restaurant in Newtown called Cairo Takeaway. The joint is seriously one of my favourites from meats cooked on the charcoal pit to vegetarian plates and authentic falafels, all washed down with some great local lager. Cairo Takeaway is located on 81 Enmore Road, Newtown, only a gap wedge away from Enmore Theatre. Oh, yeah. And Hesh, the owner, asked me to let you know if you're ever driving down past Cairo Takeaway and see him, toot and come in. Get it? Toot and come in? Toot and come in? All right. Back to the show.
1: And uh, so, Oh, OK. Yeah. Can we drink some beer? He's like, Yeah, you can drink some beer. I'm like, OK.
0: That's <laughs> so, it. We're going golfing.
1: So, yeah. We're, we're, we're the ones that you didn't want on the golf course. Yeah. We're the one spinning. It was a little nine hole course on Oceanside, which is just north of Carlsbad um, for the ones that know. Um, you know that area where, where calloway and taylor made are now headquarters yeah um ironically yeah you know, it's, it's, it's sort of full circle again that was um yes yeah, but a, a lot of the good family if you think back on some of those those memories growing up it, it was that that beach lifestyle walking around barefoot you know for the whole week beautiful surfing you know just that that sun and yeah, you know, being out burning yourself and you know, all the stuff that we're Told not to do now. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> We're and, paying the price
0: for. And Carlsbad's not far, so. Carlsbad's down towards San Diego.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's on the way to San. It's uh, what's it like an hour? Not even an hour north of of uh, San Diego, yeah. and it's probably an hour and a half, if even that. Uh, yeah, I don't have two hours from, from LA uh, from LA. Yeah, it, it back then I think i just seemed longer. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, but right. the, yeah, but a lot a lot of the early memories, a lot of that fun time. Growing up, as we all know, we all had it either. Yeah, you know, it's always been around a lot around family and camping and that beach. S- Southern California is very similar to um, Gold Coast. Yeah. Um. In in feel and outdoors and um, just a lot more people and. Um, but the, s- surfing was a big big part of my early early life. Yeah, you know, I was always going surfing every weekend. Going surfing early, waking up at you know four in the morning to go surfing. Really loved it. Uh, yeah, just just loved it. Um,
0: and and let's go back to golf. So, <clears throat> what do you? What was your first handicap?
1: Oh, I, I, you know what? I did. I just played as a social player. So I right. don't think I really had a handicap. So when I was yeah sixteen, to, sort of went through that. We used to go play that little nine hole course. Um, my older brother, eldest brother Bill, went took golf lessons because he, he was serious about it. I was always a little bit better than them. We didn't play that. You know, it was a few times. You know, here and there. Um, and then he he's oh let's go to the driving range and so we went to the driving range and he bought me some uh some lessons, um a series of six lessons in a big group of twenty people in the group and um and uh that sort of just kept the you know the interest alive while we weren't out playing camping then we started playing and it was just a weekend, let's go play eighteen holes wherever we can get on, and it was always a, a little local public track somewhere. Um so I, I've really come through that that public um System, you know, yeah, public, but public access, which is very different to over here. But we, you know, we, we're starting to. I think our industry is finally realizing the importance of the of the public access.
0: Yeah, exactly. Um,
1: versus a member, even you know, even though there is some access, you, you know, as a, you know, how, how do we get on? What's it cost? And we just play wherever, you know, river around Southern California. Uh, so I never really had the handicap, but I, it took me a while. I uh, was that, 16, 20, probably early by, by twenty. I think I was starting to break. You know, break a 100 pretty regular. Still remember the time I broke a 100 for the first time.
0: <laughs> really? but you, Yeah. But you, be, you became a – you're now a US PGA and Australian PGA member, so you obviously got your handicap down fairly decent yeah. at what age?
1: Yeah, I would have been uh, probably mid-20. I, I took it pretty serious. So what, once I sort of hit that 1918 uh, 1920, uh, the golf pro, uh, t- sort of uh, John Mahoney Jr., he was a he played in the 60s he took me on sort of under his wing and he said oh, I'll just come on out I'll, I'll give you some lessons and I'll I'll um you know sort of it, it became my first real mentor and it's something I think our, our industry you know should be really looking at now too, just how that 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 decision from him to say hey I see something in you you know belief in me here I'll, I, I couldn't afford golf lessons all the time yeah. um, he goes oh just I'll, I'll, you know who's cra- crazy one of the probably the busiest golf instructor I've ever seen anywhere, um, even to this day, um, and he just got a lot of people through. And he'd he'd have five minutes. He'd come over. He'd be watching me and sort of go, oh, come over and give me a little adjustment and and then off he went. And um, sounds yeah, like a nice guy. Is he still around? Yeah, I I don't know. Um, what
0: was his he, name again?
1: John Mahoney Junior. Oh so he he has some great stories. He played in the sixties. Um, great ball striker. Supposedly, I've never never really. Seen, I've only played with him one time. He, yeah. he wasn't playing anymore. I think he just had the yips, of what people told me. He just was always a bit bit struggling around the greens. Yeah. Um, but um, yeah, just great. He took on here. Bob May was one of his young students. Um, he was. Uh, oh God, what's the? Oh, there's another golf professional. I can't think. Um, He'll <laughs> come so back good. to me at one point. So well, oh, he's a famous. Uh, he, he can hit the ball left and right handed.
0: Right. Oh, not um, uh, Mac O'Grady.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Mac O'Grady was one of his little siblings, uh, underling, underlings. I think he, um, one of his stories is that they had to sneak him into somewhere and he, and Mac was in the back in the boot that's <laughs> and funny and that's cool. so so it's back in that that era and i saw Matt hitting balls at some um, wow cool. at, at the range that i used to practice at and yeah he just it was i i didn't realize what i was watching at yeah the, yeah exactly I was like, oh yeah. wow this is pretty amazing and then so i, then right. I just read the story about him like oh wow
2: <laughs> yeah
1: um, it was awesome. so so yeah so just it being in that la area you, know, you you sort of had that exposure and bob may was our um our local that practice where we practiced and, uh, he was so much better than us. And that, that was where my realization, as much as I was trying, um, my realization came. I said, I'm never going to be good enough. <laughs> so I sort of went into, um, you yeah, the operational
0: side, and yeah, sort of and kept you, my journey that way. I still
1: love, I love golf, but I it just very, it don't play it that
0: often. Yeah. Right. So how many games mm-hmm. a year would you have? How old are you now? Uh, f- 55, 55. 55. How yeah. many games a year? roughly would you have near like one one every few uh, months
1: yeah probably 10 to 12 yep um I, i've still got from my competition competition rounds for my handicap i, I, I have a social group that i play with yeah have been going for for many years and um yeah, i think i'm down to like a four I'm like a four handicapper at the moment i yep. think i was down to two in the states was my sort of best yeah um and that's when i was playing pretty regular yeah um but um yeah, a social nine here and there. Some of my client work I get to play. Um, and then I've I've got an event I run every year in sort of October timeframe. That's um, we, we move around each state and there's a group of about thirty of us. That's that's kept me really into into wanting to play.
0: That's great. And,
1: uh, people to play with.
0: Is that for a charity or? It's
1: a- no, no. I'll put part of it sort of beyond blue. So that wait. It, it, it was an offshoot of if you remember, um, I Seek golf.
2: Um, oh yes, website in the yes. forums. Yes. Um,
1: so a lot of the friends I had some uh, some workings with I Seek golf as their general manager and sort of over, oversaw overs um, oh, part part of the operation for almost ten years. And um, part of that was that form that online group and made a lot of friends out of that. And now we just uh, just a group of people that would just love the game and you know it's more just. Yeah, you know, given an outlet for us to go and have a good time, yeah, exactly. And have a Community. have a laugh, and yeah, it's it, exactly. And it, but now I've got a website now called Live Live for Golf, uh, not Lav. <laughs> <laughs> I wish it was.
0: I you were ahead of LAV. your time.
1: <laughs> so yeah, so I Live for Golf, and it's just, uh, it's, it's just, uh, just for people that well, you know want to want to play the game. Unfortunately, through our over the years, we've had a, a few people have um, taken their lives. Uh, they, they've um, so part, part, I guess, part of our things that we just have. It's a good little. Yeah, there's a few ladies in the group, but it's yeah you know, just a good little fraternity of guys that just have a laugh and have a time to chat to people, and and if they've got issues, they've got they've got a community of friends that they can talk to. But unfortunately, we've lost yeah, quite a few few friends over the years.
0: Um, right. Well, it's, just, it's a, mental health is mm. is um thankfully in the last oh, sort of ten <clears> years, but um as you know, uh 30, 40 years ago, it was. It was uh, embarrassing to even talk, mm. to even say the word, let alone. I mean, you weren't allowed to say anxiety or depression. You had something yep. wrong with yep. you. Um, so it's great. It's great that we use golf as a vehicle. So I encourage people to go and visit, uh, live for golf. But um, I'll have a look at it when I when we finish our interview. But uh, it's great that golf's used. It's something I'm passionate about as a vehicle um, to help people to, to speak out. And seek yep. help, and uh, w- we all go through difficult times, and um, we all need to support each other.
1: Yeah, no, that's it's so true. And I, you know, I think back of where I was in my life when I was, you know, in those late late teens. So that you know that time frame, I was lied into music. Um, you know, late teens, early twenties, um, doing a lot of stuff that we shouldn't have been doing. Yeah, and um, but uh, golf was the one that was my. Uh, it almost is it some way save saved my life
2: really wow
1: yeah. yeah it just gave me it just gave you purpose yeah right. it's like oh you know I have, you know I want to focus on being a, a professional um then it got me into my career and and you just think about this the sliding door movement of, yeah. of um you know where where it's led me into my you know where I'm at in my life now you know it, it really if it wasn't for golf it, it, it would just be another sliding door I guess but yeah um you know, it's gotten me all the way over here you know in under the under the golf banner not from a playing standpoint but from a you know industry and yeah. professional you know career standpoint and a business owner and um tell so, you know it's been really good and get married and have kids and, you know, <laughs> and all you, that type of stuff you know, a brand new country.
0: How did you get to why Australia? And what year? Yeah,
1: yeah it was um so as I was continuing that journey um wanting to be a player, um I was also working in in uh, for a big company called golf corporation. they had um, uh, three hundred and thirty properties at their peak you know that under their management so you know we, we look at some of the management companies here they might have three four or five some of the leisure companies have you know um, a couple dozen type of things but this is 330 across mostly across the u.s of all all levels uh, be it private golf clubs or uh, council you know uh, nine hole facilities or you know a whole range whole gamut of things They're 30 in the uk and part of their international expansion you know australia was a big a target they saw right. a lot of merit to come in here just like Troon. trunes here yep. um but uh, at that time where i was a, a gm of a a really busy 98,000 round golf course in just outside of la um just uh, what was it um an opportunity came through the company saying yeah we're looking for people that would be interested in moving overseas and so we've either got portugal spain australia or japan <laughs> so right. i like, would never been a uh, t- typical american at that time hadn't been overseas uh been through the u.s but no, not really overseas and um so i threw my my name in the ring it happened that i knew that uh, i used i was giving lessons to the um uh, managing director's father at the time, <laughs> so. That'll th- help. Th- still, uh, yeah. That that helped me get the you know, open door. They knew who I was, so that was a good thing. But back then, I, you know, I knew a lot of you know, a lot of the people, so net- networking is a big part of what I do in general. And I think back yeah. then, you know, look back on the you know those the people that I met, and I guess impressed in some way uh, has helped me in my career. Um, but yeah, I threw my name in the ring, and then I said the first one I came up was Gold Coast, uh, Australia, and had the. Um, yeah, and next thing I know, I was, over, You're here. I was over here. Yeah, that was in 2000. So that was interesting time frame because it was, um, what was that, early 2000. Uh, my brother, brother John, had passed away uh, due to a drug overdose in um, sort of mid um, 999. Um, so a lot big emotional time uh, for me, just uh, dealing with with that, dealing with relationship breakdowns. Just a whole, it was just one of the pivotal points in life. I was freaking out. You know, what 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 am I doing? So it was when the, um, the tiger played up at Pebble Beach in the Open, and um, I woke up at like one. I couldn't sleep because I had to make this big decision, and I jumped in my car and drove up to Pebble. Six seven hour drive slept in my car went and sat out watching Pebble Beach and just sort of got that that realization of you know that this is what I want to do with my life and
0: wow know, that's a cool story and Tiger uh, won that week did he oh that's
1: the one he looped looped the I remember yeah, yeah well, one by heaps. 10, like ten twelve shot lead just la- lapped the field uh, I remember sitting out looking down number six sitting up at the tee looking down beautiful day and just um. Yeah, just sitting going and I, I always have those points of reflection type periods in my life. I guess yeah. just to, to always, you know, just to re, reassess what you're doing
0: and help. Well, you that's, a out what, what you, that's a huge one. That's a huge one. I was massive. Yeah, your brother's passed away, drug overdose. So it was a huge shock to the family. The stress mm. on mum and dad who are both alive, mm. um, and 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 you and and your brothers, and just well. That, that would have been huge. And then you can't sleep, drive to Pebble, seven hours, sleep in your car and have a pivotal, another pivotal moment in life.
1: Yeah. yeah, And that just, that that was the big, big one. It was that, that decision of, you know, should I go? Yeah. I don't like that. I just got to go. I'm going. <laughs> oh, I'm going. And um, and that was in June and um. Yeah, next thing I know, I was I was overseas. I was a few. they were like, "Okay, you're going in two weeks." I'm like, "What?
0: I can't. I can't. This (laughs) is a decision, but I can't do it."
1: (laughs) Two weeks. Uh, I had no no clue, but uh, that that was part of my real uh, eye opener to what you know what the world was about, and it was something I've always I've always liked to explore and go new places and all that, but it was just, it was so out of my comfort zone. But, um, yeah, I just jumped all in and went and yeah, two weeks later I was here on the Gold Coast and, uh, ran to the, uh, took over to the resorts it was and in integrate in the, which the ones were they? Systems. Um, at the time it was called Robina Woods.
0: Yes, and, I remember it.
1: And Paradise Springs. Uh, yes. They're both owned by the Palmer, Palmer group now. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so it came over and, um, yeah, I spent 18 months here sort of bringing our systems into um, the Australian systems yeah. and, and and learning a lot of the same thing it was a big learning learning about myself and uh, m- my managing director boss at the time was his he was tasked to go find more properties so right. um, but um, yeah, that just turned and never eventuated so but it was here almost almost two years 18 months and it went back to our, our flagship property in California which was five minutes from Disneyland. Um, What's that called? Uh, Coyote Hills. Coyote Hills. Yeah. Coyote Hills. So Payne Stewart was the um, sort of signature d- designer. There was a Cal Olson was the the main designer. Yeah. Um, but met, met uh, Had the opportunity to meet uh, Payne once during that design. Um, yeah. You know, just uh, that was an it was just unfortunate what happened with him after that. Um,
0: and married to an Aussie Tracy, for the people listening.
1: No, uh, Ch- Chelsea.
0: Ah, uh, no. Payne Stewart. Oh,
1: Pain Stewart. Sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Was no, married right. to an yeah, Aussie. Yeah.
0: I wanted to take a short break from the show to let you know about our friends at Brisbane East, Gold Coast, and Sydney South Commander Business Centres. If you own or run a business, let them do a health check on your business communications. The worst thing that could happen is you find out that your current deal is okay. And if you sign up at one of these three centres, you'll receive a 50-inch plasma TV, offering Ericsson LG Solutions. Contact one of these commander business centers today
1: no i I said, that it, it, it's it's interesting how in life there's so many there were so many parallels I had with Australia that I didn't realize at the time right and you know meeting him and then you know his his um his time here and 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 his influence i guess with with um with the people he played with here the music that I was into all my life was you know a lot of um Australian music. <laughs>
0: really well, who give us yeah. some
1: Oh, uh, i like but I, I like more alternative stuff so nick cave nick yes cave, bad seeds um yeah, gurus
0: right and you knew them uh, in the u.s yeah
1: i saw saw them all over there wow uh, that's cool so just um yeah a lot more some uh, other obscure ones but yeah that was my you know foray into into australia early on and i didn't realize it and then, then all of a sudden a lot of things have come full circle um but you know, that now as you get older, you sort of look back and you go, "Oh, okay, well."
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. As you say, there's um, you've got tight connections. I I feel that connection with with Ireland for some reason. Okay, and yeah. um, I've never been. I've been to Scotland. I've never been to Ireland. I'll go over and play golf there one day yeah. and yeah. travel. But um, it, it's it's amazing. You have an affinity with with places around the world. There's probably some DNA in there. If you um if you looked hard enough. So Mm. let's skip forward a little bit and we're going to come back to 2003 because you had an amazing year traveling the world, but let's skip forward. So you've gone, you've moved from uh, the U S to Australia and then not long after a couple of years back to LA to Coyote Hills. Um, We're going to skip forward because you end up back in Australia. Where do you meet Chelsea, your wife? Is that in Australia?
1: Yeah, yeah. When, when I, yeah, when I first moved here, but literally, um, I was living in a hotel for a couple of months down in Surface Paradise. Yeah, <laughs> of all places, uh, yeah, wouldn't be my choice now. But that, that's where we we sort of planted ourselves and um, transitioned in, and then had a, a short stint back to then permanently move type of thing. Um yep. So went home for two weeks, got all my affairs in order, came back. And uh, eventually moved to um, just a little bit further south. And the, the place we moved into, I moved into apartments. Um, there was only eight eight apartments. It ends up that uh, Chelsea just moved
0: in. As well. Right, right.
1: So we just met in the literally met in the car park, and and um,
0: you thought yeah. who who's this good sort? Is, yeah, is she yeah, single
1: yeah yeah (laughs) so at the time i think i don't even know if i asked her that but uh yeah just had a we just had a quick conversation and and then we'd always run into each other and we'd have some dinner together and just more really more casual and then went out on a a first date and ironically she's the first i said oh would would you like to go out on friday night and she's like I guess it was really excited that I, that I asked her out and, and calls me the next day and goes, Oh, it's my dad's birthday. Oh no. All
0: oh, right.
1: Oh, <laughs> uh, w- would you like to go to my you know, Like, okay. I'll, so I, so I, my first date with was, was Chelsea went to her
0: dad's birthday. was to meet the parents.
1: And meet the parents and grandparents. And wow.
0: <laughs> well, welcome to the family.
1: Yeah. So I'll say this sort of meant to be. And, um, so it, it, he's a great, great guy. So he, he, he actually, um, was a, uh, a developer and built um, Emerald Lakes, the whole golf course, right, the whole precinct right. up here. If you're familiar with it, yes.
0: Um,
1: so, what's yeah, his name? Just, uh, uh, Ian McLean.
0: And is he still around? Yeah. Oh, good. Yeah.
1: yeah so yeah, so he's, he's he's part of the in-laws, but yeah, f- famous <coughs> famous little stories up here with um, what what's happened with Emerald Lakes over the years and what it was and what he brought forward and um, what is you know, what he's,
0: you know, right. what is right big he influence on, on yeah yeah on the on coast. The golf-
1: yeah on the coast so it's been fantastic and yeah we've, we've got a you know'm really good good close with all of them and have a great time together um, just out on the boat yes on our bro- brother's brother-in-law's boat yesterday and um, but you know, we're all older and <laughs> the kids are all here yeah the, the kids back then
0: and um, on the boat just um, sunning around or fishing
1: no nah, just sunning around yeah relaxing the, the, yeah we, we, between us we've got the four four young kids um, yeah. so they're all swimming and beautiful having a good time. So, yeah, no, it was good. Yeah, we, uh, we enjoyed it.
0: And what does Chelsea do for work? Does she work?
1: Yeah, yeah. So she she took a little bit of time doing it. Uh, she, you know, inspiration to me because she, she branched out on her own as a, a sort, sort of sole trader or a consultant um, a few years before me. And, um, yeah, she, she's in marketing, consulting, um, PR um, she has a real passion for the uh sort of circular economy industry. Oh yes. We've heard yeah. much about that. Just just using our resources better. Um and and just not um just not wasting things so much. So th- she's working for Planet Arc at the moment. That's and, important, and, right? uh, That's important. Yeah. So so she's she's finally getting a chance to do her you know, she's allowed me to sort of follow my passion, you know, all the different bumpy roads that I've had over the last fifteen years of of trying to carve a carve a little niche in the market for myself uh, around what I'm passionate about. And, you know, she's, she's really pushing into that space and making a name for herself. So it's, you know, that's it's, really, great. it's good to see, you know, hopefully not making <laughs> some of the same mistakes I've made over the, no,
0: over that's the years. Right. I, I love seeing on TV some of the things they do, um, recycling and, you know, they, uh, they turn old shoes into basketball courts. Yeah, It's yeah. incredible how clever they are.
1: Yeah, well, that's it's just it's a it's a not a, it's sort of a, a a philosophical approach. Just just you know, as we get things, we have a finite you know amount of resource, and how do we Best get the lo- the longest life out of something. So recycling is only one aspect. If we can right, yeah. build them better, if we can um, right, right reuse them for something else, as in or or uh, upcycle to somebody else. Um, yeah, if it's a pair of shoes, I can get another six months for something. Yeah, that, that, you know, it it all helps. But um, there's a lot lot to it. So well, I'm the uh, the
0: as you as you mentioned the the fact that you um you're doing it now. And don't see the immediate—that—that's the mm. difficult part. But if you—if you skip forward fifty, a hundred years, the impact that all those um, companies that are having worldwide would be astronomical. We just don't get to see yep. it in the next two weeks. That's the only—the no. only downside.
1: And, yeah, and because we've got three, we're really strong three generations in our our family circle, you know, with the grandparents and and our us and then the kids. Um, we, you know, we we know the grandparents aren't going to make major um behavioral change yeah you know, we're, yep. we're sort of in the middle it's like like technology we, we sort of get it but
0: we don't yeah that's right yeah
1: we're sort of a mix in it you know but but we understand the importance of using it and we use it where we can but this next generation so our kids are really used to you know go things going to recycling bin things you know water bottles or, or yeah. things going that we have our own compost um uh, set up you know at the house so you know food scraps go in there and plastic goes there and That's cool. all that stuff. So they they they'll just be used to it because that's just that's normal to them where we're we're having to make behavioral change and that, that, that this next generation is the critical one. Yeah, you know, that, that they're the ones that are that have the great ideas. They've got uh, they'll be the ones that drive it, you know, the next 20 years they'll um they'll they'll make the big ch- wholesale changes for us. Um but um what we've got to you know instill it in them in an earlier age.
0: We set it up for them, then they they uh, finish it off, and then they yep. get the credit. Buggers.
1: Yeah. Well, the credit will be hopefully the the Earth is still here for a longer. <laughs> yeah, that's right for uh, our great that, great grandkids. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't really care about uh, who gets the credit. Love no. no. Uh, yeah, you know it's just um, yeah it's it, it's it's scary and interesting and you know it just um and social media and everything we see online is so um so all over the place. It's hard to um. It's hard to understand what the truth is sometimes.
0: Oh yeah, of uh, course we um we only see between TV and social media, we only see a, a perception and and nothing even close to um reality, right? Mm, no, so true. So true. We Wouldn't have and a that's... clue what's going. on. We only, we yeah, we're so off track with social media, but um, it's here to stay, and it and it does have a have a place, but it, it's mm. still um. It's still scary. I, I've, over Christmas, I um, I didn't use my phone much at all, and um, yep. it, it's it's great trying to get out closer to nature. Um, yeah, great. Right. And and I and I love that. I love that. Um, I love that that we're still trying rather than just getting lazy and going back to our. Because kids these days, you you sit you drive past a bus stop, and there's six yep. kids all sitting there all on yep. their phone. Yep. You think, yeah. wow, I wonder, they probably don't even know the person next to them and they sit next to them every day. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, we, I think we've got a, a fairly good balance with our kids. Yeah. You know, it's t- it's taken a while. Yeah. You know, you always, know, we pull them off. It, it's, not, it's, we haven't had an issue where we, we, we ask them to get off and where they you That's know, good. complain. Yeah. So, but, you know, it'd be good to do more. Out, I'm trying to make them as, inde- getting them to be as independent as possible. So, you know, we, we've got, uh, they're old enough now. So they're, uh you know, my older son will uh fifteen year old, he'll um yeah, he'll take the figure out where he needs to go and jump on the bus, which is bus stops just up the road and it's you know, great he'll, he'll yeah. get around the country. <laughs> it's also also because then he knows how to get around.
0: Yep, <laughs> yeah, it's part, of, it part of part of touring. I've I've got uh one of my four is um it lives overseas in Canada. Yep. And another one wants to move uh, – he's keen on moving to Europe and another one um, wants to move to London as soon as he finishes his finance degree, which is in yeah. 12 months. So, um, yeah, it's it's scary when they become teenagers and they start getting on the bus and next, you know, they don't even live in the same country as you. But yeah, it's yeah. life, right?
1: Yeah, well, it's starting already because we, we, if we do a family trip, we just did a um, – before Christmas went up to the Sunshine Coast, and it's only a two-hour drive. Yep. Kids were like, eh, couldn't be bothered. Yeah, they went, but, um. <laughs> oh, we're going to Japan. Oh, yeah, no, we're in. We're in. Yeah, yeah of you know, course. We're going to Japan. Or, if, if there's an airplane involved, they're in. The king. If it's a drive, if it's a drive trip, no. They're like, no. That's so funny. We just don't.
0: <laughs> now, Mike, uh, let's go yep. back to 2003. Um, You visit, is it 19 countries?
1: I... Yeah, so something like that. I think, my count,
0: is right. Well, around that doesn't matter how many. Yeah, why? Yeah. Went
1: to a, went to a couple of a couple of them a couple of times so um,
0: Right, and why? Why did? Yeah, well, how did this come about?
1: Well, it, it gets back to that your brother. Um, uh, yeah that that time frame because I, I still came overseas, uh, went worked overseas, went back, worked in a, 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 a grind, got grinded. Uh, really grinded out in the the last roll at Coyote Hills. It was pretty pretty intense role. Um, wh- wasn't sure what was going on with the relationship with Chelsea. Um, yeah. still trying to figure out who I was. Yeah, you know, I, I, I you know use the cliche of you know I had to go find myself type of type of scenario, and that's yeah. what really what it was. And yeah, you know, I had some money saved up in the bank. It was all part of the plan to move overseas, uh, back back over here more permanently um so there's a lot of stuff going in my mind and i just worked i just worked hard for the, the last six months of that role just to, to stockpile some money and take this trip so i'll oh, run a world trip tickets whatever you know you can get them for fairly cheap and wh- where do i want to go and i just started plotting out <laughs> go here and i'll go there and go there and i i just wanted to find out what the world was about um and especially you know what we as americans always get pigeonholed and never traveled but it's just like well i just need to see what was out there and so i just picked awful tower uh pyramids okay uh, all the things that i've always yeah, right. <laughs> seen and sort of put a um uh, put a little uh, itinerary around that and, my, and chelsea was in japan at the time and um so I go, okay well, we'll Come to Australia, spend a few weeks, dump, dump some things off, and then I'm out, gone. Yeah, start start going and just sort of picked out a, a couple key spots to go to. And then everything else was just whatever I came about. And that's what I did. So it wasn't too too planned in that that case. I just knew where I needed to be and um, jump on, you know, at a train pass or a.
0: Yeah, I understand. Whatever yeah, you get yeah, around, yeah. And
1: You're on you your just, way. Yeah. So uh, I've always liked that sense of adventure. More or less it's because I'm a Sagittarian um i guess you always <laughs> yes discovering of, it's discovering and um yeah just met some great people learned a lot about myself uh traveled in tour groups in some places and on my own at a couple big backpacks it was crazy uh, i didn't really know what i was doing didn't have the right shoes uh, to begin <laughs> with um just a lot of stuff it, it, you just accumulate a lot of Crap along yeah. the way, oh, so and so like this. Oh, and they like, oh, yeah. I how, do I, how do how do I get this back from Egypt? That's, that's funny. <laughs> I like, oh no, I got to carry it to I can find a post
0: office. Yeah, you can't uh, let someone just come and pick it up now?
1: No, yeah, yeah. it's d- so, was me. great. Had, it's great adventures, and uh, uh, we're trying to instill that into our our kids. Uh, uh, really around experiences. So you know, we whatever we're going to spend money, we don't have flash cars and big houses and all that. It's all about um, what can we do together. Um, Give them that bug of of um, yeah, adventure and and seeing new places and meeting people. I think I got that from my my uncle, my mom's my mom's brother. That they lived in Japan. They um, they used to be. You know, we'd always get letters from them or or emails saying. You know, we just went to here, just went to this place. And, yeah, right. You know, so it always instilled that, and I always, always love that. And you know, that was all, they gave me that sort of sense, sense of adventure. I think from from that side of the family.
0: It sounds awesome. <laughs> what, what? Um, name some countries that you're that are most memorable to you. So, Japan, <clears throat> Egypt. Yeah,
1: J- yeah, J- Japan, which we're going again in a couple of months, uh, with as a whole family. Uh, Morocco. People go, oh, what's the best, the craziest place or whatever, and I, it's Morocco. Mar- Marrakesh for me was the most, um, most exciting city, um, that I ever ever visited because it it really touched on the, the all your senses. So right. everything that because the thing you go to new countries, you know, things smell differently, they look differently, they sound differently, they feel different. Um, so just hanging out in the in the main bazaar area there in in Marrakesh for a few nights and. Having a couple of years and just just soaking it in, and it was just yeah, just really everything was on challenge. Like, oh my God, where where am I? This is so different. (laughs) Um, Yeah, right. So that that we are there. Then you got you know Stonehenge and yeah, the pyramids would be the other one. Riding a camel around the around the pyramids, um, one of those real touristy things at the time. Going.
0: <laughs> yeah, what this am i is, doing
1: it was a stupid Where i'm such I? a tourist but i like oh but I'll, I'll always remember this so having those types of experiences i mean h- hanging out at um at burger king or hungry I, know, I think it was called burger king over there and it was the closest spot to watch the sun go down over the sphinx Wow. And, um, we go in there and there was a little group of us and we went up and sat on the, on the second story and sat and watched the sun go down eating Burger King <laughs> in one of the most, you know, one of the most memorable places in the world.
0: Well, you've uh, got to do it while you're, um, while you're able and willing. So you he, go for 20 years. I'm sure, I'm sure you're, uh, you're sure glad you did it now.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, exactly right. So it is about experiences. when you have those emo- emotional, a lot of the the work that some of the work I've been doing with some clients, it's just around that that emotional attachment. You know, and we we look at how we have members not staying at clubs, f- for instance. You know, it, it that there's an emotional attachment. If you can create that emotional attachment, you have bright, bright memories, and and c- you connect people, and that's those people that we are on that you know little journey with together. You know, we shared a moment and. Yeah, you, know, you have that emotional thing. And that in it, it. anytime I see the Sphinx or anything you know, about Egypt, I always, you know, directly go back to that, those yeah, memories cool. of, of that right, right, you know, down the Nile on a boat, you know, two week trip in, in Egypt is amazing.
0: Yeah. I've uh, got to get there Egypt's- one day. My, one of my best friends, um, who owns Cairo takeaway, which is a great restaurant mm. in Sydney. Um, Hesh, he, he's from, yeah, he's from Egypt. And, um, I I look forward to um, to getting over there. I get out to the – I love the food, too. He's in, he's yeah, in Enmore there in Sydney. Yeah. Oh, and the food's beautiful.
1: Yeah. And at, and at the time, too, was one of my uh, – my food and beverage director for when I first came to Australia is a, a, from Cairo. Right. And so when I was doing this trip, I'm like, uh, Sam is um, – you know, I'm over here. <laughs> he's oh, you to meet my brother. Yeah, like, okay, right. Heck yeah, heck yeah. So I meet his brother in Cairo and – um off we go after yeah, some right. some street to um to have a have a smoke he was a big um big smoker so on on one of the uh, I can't think of the cold right now my coffee hasn't
0: kicked in well, yeah, i know what you mean the uh those tall things
1: yeah 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 i i completely blank at the moment you'll and, think um, of it in a minute yeah exactly
0: that's all right so you yeah, and what and yeah. what's in that is it
1: Oh, it's just flavored tobacco. Right, and it's yeah, nicotine. And it's, it, it, yeah, and when you smoke it, it goes through the water. It's like a big bong pipe, I guess. Yeah, yeah, you know, no, goes, I've seen It goes them. through the water, yeah. and it sort of clings out the impurities, and and you get this um, really smooth um, your flavor. You know, it's apple, cherry, it's a whole that's host of funny. different things you can do. But, uh, yeah, oh, they're, they're, they're major here. I mean, you, you see them all over the place in yeah, I've major seen them, cities. Yeah. But so, those types of memories, and that's what I want to steal into my kids. And I, I told my um, my son, "I when you graduate, you know, where – where do you want to go in the world? It'll take you anywhere you want to go, you know. And it was going to be Russia because <laughs> our background's
0: right, Russian, but, right, right.
1: Um, but I think don't think that's going to happen no, in the next no. few years. So <laughs> I think we're going to.
0: So where uh, is it? You don't know.
1: I I don't know yet, but I I think I want to take him to Marrakesh.
0: That's um, I
1: think I just want to blow the top off his his mind. Yeah, once, yeah. Uh, what what the because it's it's yeah. You know, we we have to understand what the rest of the world's like and um. You know, spending time in Korea. It was another one, um, through a f- friend of mine that I had a contact. He, he took me, spent the day driving me around, having, you know, having a meal together and, and, um, and going to places. My, my dad fought in the Korean war. So there was a lot of history there from my, my right. dad's standpoint that he always talked, spoke about right. that, um, that I had a chance to uh, sort of walk through his footsteps a bit and, uh, and understand who he, who he was and what he dealt with. Yeah, right. And, uh, yeah. And then just, you know, one of the, main messages or learnings was that you know no matter where we are in the world we all we all have we care about our kids and we want the world to be okay and we just like to share break bread together
0: yeah 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 uh, i mean it's
1: amazing it's amazing you know when you get to that level when you take the politics out of things most people um just want to you know a safe place to to live and work and yeah exactly raise a family and and have a good time together and yeah that remember having um and korea having i never had it before it's a soju bombs where they drop like a little sake bomb type (laughs) korean sake um drop it into uh, a beer and they scald a beer
0: (laughs) yeah yeah a couple of those are yeah those are pretty powerful (laughs) yeah right yeah well they're great stories too so i'm just trying to picture marrakesh so yeah um you've got portugal um and then you go down the coast and then you you end up in gibraltar right
1: it's yeah it's just on the other side of gibraltar well you can see gibraltar another one you know funny uh, seeing the Rock, Rock of gibraltar which was in commercials in the in the
0: u.s yes
1: in um one of the banking companies has the rocket gibraltar um picture
2: yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's
1: that was my whole image of it I'm right, like, oh, that's, right that's gibraltar over there I'm Like. Oh, yeah, I've seen that picture before. Right. But I'm actually there. But yeah, just on the tip of that. Uh, and then how do you uh, get across boat? Yeah, yeah, you go across a boat. Wouldn't be far. In, uh, no, no, it was
0: well, an hour. An or hour, two, maybe, yeah, hour maxi- yeah, yeah.
1: That, Well, that's where the, the, strait, the Straits of Gibraltar are. Yeah. Yeah, that's where it goes into to the ten, Mediterranean. Yeah, into Tangier. Yeah, Yeah, to, yeah. to Tangier. So that, yeah. that was, so going from country to country, going from Australia to a, a more Asia, yep. being Hong Kong, Korea, Japan influence, then flying into. Belgium and Netherlands and all that and UK and then sort of working down. If you could sort of picture how it's just so different culture wise going through France and spending time out in front of the Eiffel tower and then working our way down through, through, you know, that more, um, uh, Spain, Portugal, um, type of, you know, different, different types of influences, different types of foods again. And then bang, you end up in Tangier Yeah, and you end right. up where the, um, you know where what went through where Casablanca was was filmed, which is a pretty average city actually, but uh, yeah, right. Great movie, <laughs> uh, and then yeah, then all of a sudden going on bus rides and ended up in in Fez and and then uh, Marrakesh. And Marrakesh was just completely again such so different of you culture. Like, where am so I? Amazing, yeah. Where I'm I, again, I I love that, and it just I, I guess in the end, it's it, it just helped me. Um, opened my eyes to what the world was all about and learned a lot about myself it was a self-discovery trip for six months so it was it was pretty full-on moving every few days to another another city and another hostel and, and another set of back you know you know a room with 10 other people or a room with two Amazing. people you know and just random places and yeah. You know and then you see all the horror stories of you know <laughs> backpacker places in in eastern europe and then all these weird things happening. So yeah, you, See yeah. all these crazy things happening, and um, so yeah, just a, a lifetime of stories in those in those six
0: seven months time, yeah. away. Amazing. Now let us skip forward now. <clears throat> yep. So you're to to today. You have a company um, that's focused on marketing, recruitment, consultancy, projects, etc. Yep. Um, called Golf Industry Central. Yep. And um, how so? That was you worked for for I Seek. And then- yeah,
1: well, it's, it's sort of flip it the other way around. So when I when I finished with that trip and I came back, I, I then came over and ran, uh, uh, worked for another company called ClubCorp, so another big management company, American-based one, yep. two hundred properties, and ran uh, the main property was Lakeland's, um, which is a, a Nicholas sort of signature yes. course here on the Gold Coast, hi- high end, you know, higher higher end uh, member facility. Um, but similar story that they left the country as a company and sort of left me here.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so
1: that, that that started my journey as uh i, I just got uh, you know what i'm just going to go do my own thing i want to have my own skin in the game so anything i do now right. i, I want to have skin in the game yep. it, it's it's scary and because you don't have that that security blanket but um you know of uh you don't always have a recurring you know paycheck yeah you know, you've got to yep. sort of go out and find it and you're, you're living off your own personal brand yeah you're you're living off how well you do with your clients and you know that they want to stay with you for a long time and and word of mouth. Um, yeah, exactly. So so I've been sort of working through that for almost fifteen. Uh, July will be fifteen years with Golf Industry Central as a brand. That was my, that was my marketing channel to get the industry to know who I was. And I've built a lot of good relationships, you know, fr- friendships and working relationships with people through that channel. Now, one of those relationships happened to be I golf. So I, right. I, I I work with different brands. I have different. You know, I see golf. I knew one of the the, the guy that actually started um, Micropower. If you know the IT system,
0: I've heard of it. So, yeah.
1: So M Power. Uh, well, they call M Power now or MSL. Um, they've gone through this huge, you know, journey. And this was in 2010, I think it was. And he he knew he saw my stuff that uh, what I was doing and said, "Oh, well, you'd be perfect to run this major website." <laughs> so yeah, I'm Like, no. okay, okay. Um, yeah. So I just had a good. Ten-year relationship with them, doing a whole host of things. That's just one client. Um, yep. Uh, and then I picked up other ones from overseas. I represented Gary Player Design for a period of time. Um, a lot of my work, though, is more off, sort of off the grid, more behind the scenes, where yep. I'm, you know it's not it's not as front facing to the to the public. Um, where I'm uh, helping you know, restructure a, a, an operation or
0: yeah,
1: do yeah. a, a marketing plan or, or something that's, you know, behind the scenes where it's not like a, I see golf on the face of yeah, you know, right. to, to some degree and I'm the general manager and this is what we're doing and, uh, and pushing it out to, to different people. But, so, yeah, I've just carried dif- different different brands and different companies have come and go over the years. Um, some have stayed longer than others and then I do projects. So it's a real mixed mix bag of different types of stuff. I, I, I tend to get bored doing one thing all
0: yeah, the time. Yeah, right. so. diversity.
1: Yeah, I like diversity, but then at the same time that's it's tough sometimes for people to Security. know
0: what I actually do.
1: <laughs> well, people don't always know what I do. Oh, what do you do, Mike? Oh, yeah, 15 minutes. You say I'm
0: not do. sure what I do. Um,
1: yeah, I don't. Sometimes I don't. But a, a lot of it is focused back in on on finding people a lot in the last probably 6 7 years has been around finding people for our industry, finding good. Cuz I've got a, a, a mentioned earlier, I you know, I'm a big networker, so I've got a really massive there's not I can't say there's not many, but yeah, you know, I know a lot of people in the industry. Yeah, it's it, like yourself. Yeah, you know, we, we're, we're familiar. You know? Yeah, if, yeah. If Someone said, "Oh, Glenn Willow's doing it." Oh, okay. Well, cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. Honestly, uh, you know, yeah, I, you're I, I in the. I'm in quite the
1: familiar know. with you, who who you are, and, and vice versa. So I so sort of have that across across the board. A lot of my work is. Yeah, I worked for a couple. Di- I worked for Golf Australia for a period of time here in Queensland, and I have worked with the Golf Managers of Australia yeah, cool. as a as a state manager. So I, I cross pollinate across everywhere, not just Queensland. And uh, but yeah, just met a lot of people, and I've I've hired a lot of general managers and directors of golf and superintendents in our industry. Um, and as I get older, a lot of these younger ones are now moving into you know more senior roles.
0: Yeah, which would uh, well, must be rewarding to see mm, you kick yeah, d- them definitely. off and where they end up.
1: Yeah, and and certainly a lot of them are still at the same place. Which yeah, has right. Um, yeah, you know, I've got I had a couple that were yeah you know, one of my, my couple of my first placements were uh, are still there. And that's, that's amazing. Like 10, 10 years ago, which is great. Yeah, you know, which really it, yeah that doesn't help me getting more work because <laughs> yeah because <laughs> they're staying longer. Yeah, yeah uh,
0: they're still there. And and what are the biggest changes <clears throat> you would say you've seen in the Australian golf industry over the last ten years? Any stick out? <laughs>
1: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, there'd be a couple. It, it, I mean, unfortunately our, uh, our industry has been, it's a big industry. It's, it's tends to be slow to change. Um, one, one of the uh, reasons I called it golf industry central, for example, was back then 15 years ago, 16 years ago was, um, there wasn't a lot of information available and it was controlled by different entities. So the PGA had their, you know their information and golf australia had theirs and so uh, having a place where everything there's a lot there's a lot of great stories out there that are happening but no one's really telling yeah them. so my, my whole you know premise of this was to go well there's this is a great story down in Sydney of this person who's um you know they've started a great junior program or what whatever Anything, yeah <clears throat> so now I've got I've got a platform with a Bit of a following that um, you know that I can publish, so I'm really looking at things. Going well, I think the industry would really like that, or learn, or could learn from it. And yeah, even exactly. over, and a lot and a lot from overseas. So We didn't have a lot of overseas influence, so just different. If someone comes back to me in years and goes, "Oh, hey, great! I, I I read that story on your site, and that helped me have a great idea to do something, and and made a difference," then yeah, you know, I I feel like I've done the job. It's just sharing information. Um, in the end, but our, our industry is, you know, one of the major changes would be just in the type of, of, um, the way, uh, way clubs look at how they run their business in the, in the past when we were super busy, we would always have, um, you know, more of the, I hate to call it the bean counter, more financial, like they count the numbers. you, you, you open the doors and there's heaps of people coming in. It was it was it was a different type of running your business yeah, yeah. and we're sort of there now we you know again which you know, we've got an opportunity right now but then you know sort of fast forward you open the doors and there was we didn't have members and it was just sort of crickets. So there's yeah. just nobody nobody coming in yeah. so the type of person needed to find the numbers versus count the numbers right. Was, right. Different. has changed yeah. it's a different skill set yeah so I, so a lot more of the managers and such and this is my just from what i've seen i don't have you know yeah um, you know f- full research on it but you know people have started looking for people that can grow a business that has more marketing background and that's a, a big part of the industry has changed more toward marketing as well yeah, and yeah. it's getting it's getting better you know just in how, how they how they promote themselves there's still some get it really well and other ones are still still quite far behind but um yeah, we're starting to see those layers of, of types of Team members, you know, might be a, you know, actually have a membership person or a marketing person on their team, which they didn't really have in the past because they didn't need it. <laughs> they yeah, were, that's they right. Were too, yeah. They were too busy. They're yeah. just order takers. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, some of that dynamics change. Well, we're starting to see a, a big shift in, um, in skill set because we, we've, during COVID, we've, we've now, uh, the, the, the negative side is that we've lost a lot of really good tenured types of, of uh, skill. Yeah, so yeah. We've had a lot of managers um, have moved out of the industry and a lot of golf professionals. You, you would see this too. I mean, yeah, they, we've, we've lost a lot of golf professionals over the years. Yeah. You know, for whatever reason, they moved into better paying jobs or, um, you know, a, a lot have gone to real estate or in the minings yeah, or yeah, the mining yeah. industry, you know, just, just really moved out of it from, you know, what, what's changed for them to where they're, I'm a lifer, like golf industry is my life. So it's, it's when you see people put all everything into it for 10, 20 years and then just go, no, I'm
0: done. Yeah, it's amazing, <laughs> yeah. isn't it? Yeah. <clears throat> so, you
1: know, there's just some of those big shifts and we're, we're start, starting to see that, that um, diversification mindset happening in our industry, I guess that's one of the other changes where, you know, uh, golf Australia and PGA with their new Australian golf strategy, which is not really new. It's just more, uh, just a refresh is, yeah. you know, let's, let's open the door to people at driving ranges and it's not so member centric, which is yes. the, yeah. the biggest, biggest issue is that we're always about members,
2: you know? Yeah.
1: And it's like, well, there's other people that play golf. There's 70% of the golfers in the world or golfers in Australia don't have a handicap. Yeah. They're not a member of a club.
2: Yeah. Well, being uh, a golf re-
1: and, uh, yeah, and I can relate to that because my big part of my career, I've never, I never had a handicap, but I'm, I'm still not a member of the golf club outside of the PGA golf club or whatever. We yeah, no, now. no, I I know you mean.
0: <laughs> and being a golf coach for me at a public mm. facility, you see, you see every walk of life. You see, mm. mem- you know, members of clubs, people that will never join a club. Um, People that are only involved from a corporate perspective, etc. Mm. It's it's actually uh, for a golf professional to work at a public facility. It's it's a it's a healthy thing to do because you get a much broader cross section of the game rather than mm. just looking at the game with your blinkers on from um, from private land. You know what I mean?
1: Oh, I, I totally agree. And, and there's not it's it, it's different for everybody. Um, I, I, like I said, I'm. Almost all my career has been at, um, at at public facilities, so a lot of my learnings is in. I want we want more people playing. How do we get more people in? How to retain them yeah. longer? Yeah. Um, and like you said, the, the mix of people. I, I taught for a, a very probably a five year period. I was sort of really into that um, that coaching period. I was an assistant manager. I'd worked my normal. 50 hours and then do another, you know, 15, 20 hours on top of that of, of coaching. Yeah, right. <laughs> Completely burnout. out. Yeah, it was complete. Cause we had lit ranges and we have, we had such high demands. So, some of the facilities that I, I worked at and, and ran were doing a hundred thousand plus runs. Wow. Um, yeah. you know, we're running five, we are running, um, daylight savings. We have multiple, multiple ways of filling the golf course. Cause that's how you made more money. Uh, all those skills, we we just still haven't gotten to that degree here. There's a few that are that are starting to understand um, revenue management and and how to how to get the most out of it because we got a lot of people playing. How do we get them to spend more, for example? So there's different. That's a different type of marketing than what you see just on on social media or in a in a magazine. Yeah,
0: exactly, exactly. Um, it's like. <clears throat> And what do you think the future of golf in Australia will look like in say ten years from now? In any, any major predictions? Oh, that's a good question.
1: Um, no, I, I think we're starting that finally starting that journey. I'm, I'm yeah. hopeful because I, I was had a bit. I, I was had my eye. A big. I'm more of an optimist than than anything.
2: Yeah.
1: And early on, I think it was just you know in this career, fifteen years of what i do is you know you sort of get a bit cynical because it's frustrating yeah, right. where the, the culture of different organizations which are starting to find you know starting to change are starting to become more positive um yeah it's just been frustrating to see how slow things could change and that's it's a cultural thing it's, it's at the top who, who are these boards who are these ceos um but we're you know we're st- starting to see that evolution will it will it happen fast enough um it, it, for me, it's frustrating to work through committees uh, to try to get change because they just go it go at a different pace versus being a a managing director or, or GM of a facility that has you know, an owner or you know where you can make change quickly, you know, or, or much much more quickly. Yeah, you know, from a, f- a financial, I'm very commercial minded, so I'm always looking at well, how to make
0: right, money right, right. It? Versus um, and and the traditional know. that uh, that's <clears throat> I've got a specific question about that. Um, golf club committees have always interested me from when I was a junior, uh, Mm. my dad was vice president of a golf club, um but it was working class, so it was very mm. hands-on. If you're a committee member, you were out there on the weekend laying paths yep. and yep. et cetera, yep. et cetera. Um, and then I've worked at uh, what golf clubs have worked at, the Lakes, Concord, etc. etc. et, cetera, yep. et cetera, um, both in Sydney. But um, having a lot of friends that are club professionals or I've got a few that are GMs, et cetera, um, friends with some green keepers. Yep. What um, – What role does a golf club committee have? Um, And we don't want to offend anyone, but we want to be honest and and transparent. Um, Do golf clubs need committees? Um, If we had our time over again, is that the model that we would create?
1: Yeah, uh, it's – I mean – I think there's a, a clubs in general. I mean, and, and for me, the Australian market—it seems like everything's a club. <laughs> like right. so you go, there's a yeah. there's a golf club. There's a surf club. There's a soccer club. There's a yeah, yeah, you know, football. Everything's it's just the nature of the country here. I yes. guess just yes, the, the size of it because you know we only got twenty six million,
2: Small,
1: yeah, uh, twenty seven million. Big geographic, but you know, so everything. Yeah. It just it's just the nature of it. So I I don't necessarily have a um, uh, a negative about club uh, committees. Same with contract services contract pros yeah, and everything yeah. don't really necessarily have but it's it's finding the right fit for each one so most of these are clubs that's just the way the entity is um the governance model or the the way the culture is really sets everything so well there's an old saying about the the fish rots from the head down yeah. so if you have if the culture at the board level is not right they don't have good governance structure so how they communicate how they make decisions um, why they make decisions, yeah. are they embracing the entire membership because the whole a membership model a mem- being part of it, being part of something like you said being part of a community is a great thing there's so much value in that yeah. but how that governance come in and, and once again is the politics of things if you have the right governance structure and processes you 'll see clubs doing a amazing great things and 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 they pick away at it and it it could be done good but then you hear about these other horror stories and that goes to you know working with the golf professional to to a gm that might think you know i'm one board member away from losing my job which isn't a great that's not a great culture to be part of because that person is just hanging on they don't want to stick their head out to make any decisions so having that structure of how a, a manager Works with the board and how what the role of the board is is critical. And I, I always look for that. What what's a key area you can look at to fix that will cause the domino effect, effect or ca- cascading effect that you know affects the rest of the the organization. Yeah. So I- that decision up there. It's all about that culture. You know, you've you've been at clubs where you know what, why one GM comes in and they just can't get anywhere, and you know it's been three, four, six GMs go through in seven or eight years sometimes, and you go, wow. Well, something wrong there, and that's, that's, right, that's usually yeah. it's cultural. They're not hiring the right people, or they don't know who they want, et cetera. And then you find one that sticks, and then they're there for a long period of time because they finally get get their act together.
2: Yeah.
1: Um. So I, for, for me, I think that's one of my I think that's one of the key areas from a, a our industry is just getting you know those clubs getting their governance structure right and focus and. Having you know business acumen, you know to to um, and, and that's some some of the work some some of the type of work I've done in the past. You know, just try to give them if they want to take it or not. <laughs> that's oh, all that's
0: important stories. though because yeah, they want to adopt it. Um, going back to those committees for a second, I've always wondered, uh, looking at individuals, um, why and and it's difficult questions to answer. But why are they on the committee? Mm. And um, and and yeah, what what's <laughs> Why it's
1: number it, one, it, it, it's sometimes it's, it's default because no one else wants yeah? it. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I've heard that before. Oh, uh, well, yeah. yeah, no one else wanted it, so I, I jumped to all stay on again.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. and, and, you think, and wow. yeah,
1: I, I, for me, it's been a big learning curve over because I've come from a r- extremely commercial background with both the management companies I work for. So commercial, everything's to a number, KPIs so structured, it's a business, it's it's about profitability, the whole deal. And then going into where it's more volunteer based, it's um unfortunately here it's been a lot of small clubs that are that are now that had had to be volunteer run that are now moving into a space where they need to be professionally run. Yep. We, we have a lot of so many um golf facilities they have no no paid management
2: yeah yeah you know,
1: they're just are all volunteer runs so every year or two it, it can change and change direction and never they have no no long-term clarity where, where they want to go so having that some um, you know that that's that the right structure is, is so so critical and and volunteer the same thing i've learned so much about the volunteer structure and how important how volunteers fit into the equation and yeah. how the how these clubs these clubs would never survive if they didn't have them um and they're there to try to help, and you know when you need help, that you know that they which is very different than yeah you know, the U.S. model. I think only a third of our courses over there, are even under that type of membership structure, everything else is council or privately yeah, yeah, owned in mate. a lot of cases. So it's a real, real, different approach. And I, I feel like I've under, now. I understand that pretty well. Um, I can bring a unique sort of. Um, perspective to things yeah and, and we, um, we are heading that way now we're heading more commercial you know, clubs are going oh we need to make more money Have so to, yeah. they look at everything and how they can save or how they can um you know uh, um restructure i guess to to improve
0: things well one of the golf courses closest to me here in in uh, the southern shore which is Cronulla golf club it's private yep. but back in yep. the back in the day um uh Cronulla golf club the clubhouse <coughs> itself was uh a little bit run down and closed off you would never walk yep. in there you're not a member etc etc now I don't know if you've been there it's been done up in the last uh, probably five to ten years yeah now it's an open club where even if you're not a golfer like my mother-in-law for example will take yep. friends up there for a coffee and the kids that have a play area and it's just great to see that the the management whether it's the board or combination of the paid staff, have, have opened their minds enough to think, yep. well, just because we've got a golf course out there and people use that, which is great, um, doesn't mean that, uh, well, and also commercially, as you say, you're making money. You want to make money from any stream yep. possible, right? Why wouldn't you? Yeah
1: yeah and and that's been the you know uh the answer to your question earlier on, on some of the the shifts are, ch- are changing it you know that diversification is finally being spoken about is finally acceptable I, I don't know 5 years ago you can say oh i want to put in mini golf and they'll just go what like yeah. you're crazy and now people are like oh okay well actually there's some good case studies of some of this mini golf that's done a as it's actually unlocked a big part of your your um your target market. So you think about from and that's why I always say I'm, I'm sort of a, a in the golf marketing professional space. Even with hiring people, but it's also if you can change your offering at the club, not just golf and not just golf to sixty year old plus. You know w- we have more. You know, uh, more ju- juniors are welcome so a few years ago you know juniors were, were not welcome oh yeah we want juniors here but then they have all these rules and all those things are starting to be unwound we're starting to see that happening finally yeah um and and, and, and people have been in the wedding market or their they're yeah. corporate golf or their you know they want to put in simulators um the, the, the like i said the mini golf and you know when we're now we're, we're trying to open up different different avenues so which un- unlocks more of the market we're you know golf club members were only 8% of the market a few years ago now we're opening to others to come you know enjoy a coffee enjoy the view of, of that, that clubhouse yeah. um you know be a dip, a social member versus you know something else and help support the food and beverage side of operation so there is that shift but it it's just you know it's just typical business sense but um but our industry is finally saying oh yeah, it's, it's good. okay
2: good.
1: Now, I think those those younger members that were 40 years 10, 15 years ago are now the board members. Yeah. (laughs) So we are seeing that shift with, you know, that age demographic of, you know, 10, 15 years ago now saying, well, hey, why don't we do this? How how silly for us not. And there's some smart people on some of these
0: boards. Yeah. And they've Um, they've seen some changes in the community. hmm. So, for example, down here, um, there's three or four surf clubs um, literally – a one or oh, – well, not, not long, sort of a 10 to 15-minute walk from, yep. from Cronulla Golf Club. Now, if you go back 30 years, those surf clubs, exactly the same as Cronulla Golf Club, the building was there, mm. it was closed, it was private, yep. and it was a little bit dark and dingy, it served a purpose yep. for the surf club, and yep. you didn't go there. Whereas now, yep. if, if you did a quick flyover in a drone of that area – You've got beautiful restaurants, bars, yep. um, still serve the purpose of the club, and then you go to the golf club, which is only a few hundred meters away. Same thing. So, um, I suppose people are learning that um, just to be commercially savvy, and um, don't don't think back in the in the dark ages. Uh, open your mind, learn from each other, and um, serves the community as well, right?
1: Yeah, and exactly, right. I don't know the same examples up here. And I and I think our this industry, the golf industry tends people tend not to want to be the the front runner, the first one to do it. People tend to want to wait because that general manager has to convince the board of yeah, yeah. anything big. If you want to make the, you know we're going to spend 2 million dollars and well the problem is you go back, they don't have any money in the bank. Yep. So uh, asset asset management, asset replacement has been a, a huge issue that was – you know, I'm not sure how – it's still a major issue, but in all the only place the clubhouses have been deteriorating because they haven't spent money on it because they haven't had the money, yep. because they haven't operated – this is going back 10, 15, 20 years ago. They haven't had the money. You know, that, oh, well, we're just going to keep the dues low. And it's like, well, yeah. you got to move it up That's because we nice. need money to actually fix this place. Yeah. Or greens or, you know, different places that need to be improving. I, I, Eastern, um, not Eastern. Um, uh, is it Eastern? What's the one over by the lakes? The little one in the middle there between lakes and.
0: Uh, East Lake.
1: East Lake. Yeah, sorry. I knew it was the East in there, but yep. East Lake. So, yeah, you know, this is going back 10 years ago. I did a, a review there and the clubhouse was, you know, literally. <laughs> the bottom of it, oh, no, fall out, no, of course. Yeah, but yeah. You, but you look, I've been watching their journey of, so, on social media, and it just you see the improvement of the course, more people playing, and then there's money coming in, and that money now is being put back into the clubhouse, and then the clubhouse is being re- rejuven- rejuvenated. Then you got to you know, operate it in there, and it's it's a place that you actually want to go to. Yeah, right? yeah. You know, we, read all these stories, you know, over the years about the car park golfer. It's like, well, yeah, cause we're not giving them what they want. Yes, you know, people yeah. People come in, they right. don't want to be there. Yeah. Time's an issue, but if you give them a reason to stay, um, yeah, it's easy to say it more than do it. But you know, if you, you want to go in where you're proud, members want to be proud of the place. Yeah. They're not coming to your clubhouse. They might not be proud of your clubhouse.
0: Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah.
1: And then being a, and then oh, there's nothing going on. And, oh, it's the same, you know, same four or eight of us in there versus you've got this outside activity coming in, and there's there's laughter, there's music being played. I hate going to the clubhouse and there's no, no music being played, on like even on the PA or on the yeah on the, something on the, yeah on the, something. It just it, it just needs to add that om, a little bit of ambiance. Um, well,
0: it's exactly what we were saying about the surf club. <clears throat> you used to walk in, and, and and I'm the same as you. I used to think golf clubs. Um, Back in the day, like, it's changed so much. I know that Mm. my – the the head pro at Concord, Mr. Bruce Jackson, was there for 40, 30-something years. But uh, I think he wasn't allowed in the club when he first started, wasn't (laughs) allowed in there. Yeah. Then he had to wear a tie and a jacket. Yep, yep. And – and you've got to think outside the square, as you say. Um, who are you servicing, and um, what's your financial model? And you, you've got to think outside the square, otherwise you're going to dive. Uh, you're sorry, you're going to die, and then who benefits then? Yeah, where's the yeah, win that- there?
1: Yeah cuz I mean in in true sense you should be uh, your club should be representing the the community that you're w- within yeah. in in a, in a in a true sense yeah. it does not always work that way sometimes you have some really high end facility or club that's you know it doesn't represent necessarily who's outside those gates yeah uh, but there's enough people outside the gates that will will sustain it but you know your true community club should should represent the the society around you and the problem is the society around some of these clubs has changed so much but the club hasn't changed.
2: Yeah, yeah, they've yeah. kept
1: doing the same. So you, you've got a there's a Sydney one too. They've got a big Korean influence to one side and, and they've got a new, you know, they've got their old club and they have moved clubhouses and, you know, they're trying to merge together, you know, these two clubs to, you know, but you got two very different cultures and different offerings. Um, you know, yeah, that the Korean population doesn't necessarily, you know, immersed in what the other offering is but it's it, it, it's a difficult well we're seeing those types of changes changes happening but yeah we're we're finally starting to see that yeah it's you know, great. across the board and yeah. you know, upgrades and <clears throat> your renovations uh you know government grants have helped move things along for you know for a lot of these properties but having a plan in place and having proper you know um you know, strategic views long-term, you know, 10, 20 years from now, what are we doing? You know, it, it is very important in this governance structure and it gets back to that again is, 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 the, if you're a good club, you know, the, the way that you bring on new, new board members and how long they're on and how long, you know, things change. Yeah. Cause you, you can't make change in one year. Uh, you can't make no. a big s- systemic changes. It's, it's very difficult without upsetting too many people. Um, yeah. So you need, you, they need a little bit of time to be able to adjust and learn how things work and get the funding and and a lot like I said before, a lot of these clubs just haven't had the money. They've been they've been holding back on on asset replacement and a- asset upgrades, and now they're paying the price. You know of um well how how do we get out of this? We need you know four million dollars to improve the clubhouse and irrigation and everything else yeah, because yeah. no one's looked at it for the last ten years,
0: or yep. fifteen years. Planning forward, planning, mm. Mike. Yeah. We've gone over the hour, but th- there was a good reason for that. You've no, had a, that's okay. an amazing, amazing uh, life. I, I didn't. We don't know each other very well, and and when I um, chose and reached out to um, to interview you or ask you, it's uh, I'm certainly glad that I did now because um, going oh, yeah. r- right back to 16 when you weren't even a golfer. And then fast forward now to uh, to living full time in Australia and and having a, a family and and what you've given back to the industry um, is obvious. So on behalf oh, of everyone, you. thank thanks for everything you've done. Um, oh, that,
1: that, thanks for reaching out. I, I, I mean, I'm always it's always honored to be able to, to be invited. Share to your story. Something, yeah, because yeah, you know. I, I, People don't want to go. Oh, this is what I've done and everything. So it's nice, nice to be recognized for, for different things. And um it's interesting, yeah, because as a 16 year old, that's why I say you, you never discount people that want to play the game or how they're dressed because yeah, you know, p- people will change over time. And I, I think about what I was like as a 16, 18 year old, just starting the game. I was not the person you wanted on your golf course. I was a, i was the terrible one. I paid and you know was not not very nice to.
0: But that's um, the same. Uh, Yeah. And and it just changed.
1: And then I I didn't come through that membership. And then now, you know, now I've evolved on the other side of things. And I still have that. I'm not a, I've got a mixture of uh, what I think the game should be. And, you know, it's, um, it's great seeing that you would, you know, that reward of having someone hit a golf ball for the first time where it's on the sweet spot and they just get that look in their face and you go, wow. You what? Yeah. And that, and that's, you know, uh, you know you see that and you go how rewarding like that that's a golfer
0: but we need yeah. we need people mm. like you uh, in the industry because you're a surfer by heart um, barefoot and didn't play the game until later didn't even well you weren't didn't have a big interest in being there mm. but you always bring a perspective of difference and and we don't want to have we, we need that diversity to open people's minds. I mean, when I worked for the PGA um, years ago, one of the things that I was talking about on at board level, and people were looking at me like, "Is this guy nuts?" <laughs> and, and that was um, co- commercializing our hmm. our logo. And it wasn't um, too long later that the the US PGA um, you could you could buy shirts and hats and all yep. sorts of things yep. with the uh, the PGA logo or acronym in shops and so it, it doesn't hurt it doesn't mean you're always right but it doesn't hurt having someone with an open mind in fact it's it's um beneficial having someone with an open mind and um investigate it it might be crazy but it may not
1: yeah and like i said I, my old my purpose now is if, if i could just if, if it stems a little light bulb moment for somebody you know great you know it's like they're my job i've done my job and exactly. I, uh, some exactly. stuff, stuff I publish, and that, that's just from a publishing standpoint. And then you know, getting the right people, finding some good people for our industry is so critical. You know, the ones that are there that they just have a passion for it. And there's a lot of people that have a passion for the game, but may not be good players. Our industry here is always, you know, put people on a pedestal as you're a good player, and you need to be a member somewhere. And that, you know, that's yeah. to me, you know, because that's the first question they ask: Where are you a member? Yeah. You know, or you even ask, What's your handicap? Well, it's like well, I have a handicap now, but. Um yeah, that's only been the last five yeah, six you years. Understand. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, <laughs> up until yeah then. Understand. I think I had a handicap you know, 15, 20 years ago. I think I had a handicap, but
0: um well it's almost it's, um, like well, I love it. It's almost like um the the industry in Australia needs to promote um out there in, in the general sect, um I'm a golfer and mm. and have a whole a cross section, as we said before um of all different people like i'm a golfer i'm a golfer yep. i'm a golfer yep. i'm a golfer Agreed. i'm a golfer and you're like yeah but you're not a member well some of those people were members but yep. i'm a golfer i'm female yep. i'm i'll tell you a good story that's a great
1: that's, yeah. a, before I, that's a, that would be a fantastic commercial yeah you've got adam scott minji lee you know at at one i'm a golfer right you through know, your grandma and you have grandma and you have little, little Johnny. Yeah. I'm a so golfer. A golf club uh, at a, at a virtual, you know, at a, at top golf, yeah, or at a rain yeah. or putt, putt or wherever. I'm just a golfer. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm a golfer. We're all golfers. Yeah. You know, we, we, we all hit a ball in a hole, um, with a goal and that's it. And, um,
0: yeah, and no I'm, judgment. I'm a, I'm a, in other words, no, no judgment, no judgment. No. just I'm a golfer. Yeah. Yep. I think i got a stick and a club because I, uh, sorry, a stick and a ball. Like I often say to people when I'm teaching, um, we're all pretty similar. We've got a stick and a ball, yeah. and you you're a, you like to hang out with nice people. And where we do it's different. Like, as you said, you've got Putt-Putt, you've got uh, Augusta, but you're still just someone with a stick and a ball and trying to hang out with good people.
1: Yeah, I, I remember it now as a, like a little six-year-old, in our backyard, cutting a hole in the ground with a coffee can. And, yeah, uh, and that, that must have been my first thing at golf. I don't know where I saw it, and I remember chipping
0: or pitching a
1: ball. In the,
0: yeah, I know what you mean in the yeah.
1: backyard. I was like, "Well, oh, okay, I had no
0: clue what a golf course was." And, uh, don't, you it, don't need my, to. My,
1: my, my parents didn't play.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, well, it, it's a it's it's sort of like going back to the marketing of it. You've got a stick and a ball. Now let's go and have some fun. Mm, that that's it. Now exactly. where, where are you going to have it? Well, depends who you are, how old you are. Um, I said to my mother-in-law recently, she's had um, shoulder redone and knee redone and, and they're saying – the doctor's saying, well, you can't really um, go back to golf sort of thing and people worry about yeah. her health. And I said, why don't you – because I introduced her to golf and she goes out and she's made some really nice friends that she would yeah. never have yeah. had and they go on cruises, etc. They go to lunches. But, yeah. but I say to her – well, why don't you just make golf to you, um, grab a coffee, get on a yeah. cart, go out with your friends and just have a – when they get to the green, Yeah, just, just have it, a chip yeah. and a putt. Yeah. Yep. And she says, well, like most people would say, but, yeah, that's not golf and I should be doing this and I should – yeah. and I go, well, oh, well, go right back to the origins of the game. There was no rules. No. So just give up on the rules that you have to have a handicap yeah. and you have to do – why can't you just take a wedge and a putter yeah. And no, a coffee, very, yep. And have some fun. You're hanging out with your mates. You're outdoors. Good for your mental health. You still get to have a bit of a chip and a part and a muck around, and then go home.
1: Yeah, have you, you, you seen the urban urban golf?
0: Yes, yeah, yep.
1: stuff. That's yep. great. I mean, uh, we had them here as a, a golf Australia. And sorry, I'll finish up on this one. But the um, golf Australia had a um, workshop years back here on the Gold Coast, and I, I was a facilitator of it, and it was all about sort of what we're talking about now. This was about the us golf 2020 what what was the future like target markets all this and all these different forms of golf and we invited them up to um to do a presentation and we're all relaxed everybody from golf australia was and and other pros everybody's in board uh, shorts and thongs and we're on the gold coast and you know just just really relaxed environment and the guys come in walk walk in with ties little pin ties yeah and and i I had to make a point i started laughing i go. How funny because these people are urban golf, all about playing in the streets of Newcastle or around the world. You know, these softball things, they just, you know, hit a ball, they play over houses, the whole deal. We we did that as kids too. And and surf trips, we'd hit a ball around on the beach or whatever. And uh, it was just so funny that they came because their their mindset was, oh, I need to be. I need to conform, so I'm going to wear a tie and yep. you know, jacket, a jacket.
2: Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. It's funny, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, no, you don't need that here. Uh, but everybody else from uh, the national bodies were all uh, all
0: relaxed and I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So,
1: but that, th- thanks very much, Glenn. I pr- appreciate you uh, reaching out. I um, you know, really enjoyed it. Been, you've been a great interviewer.
0: Or in, yeah, thank you, mate. Yeah, pleasure. Well, let's have let's have a coffee. Um, yeah, one time on on the the Gold Coast, maybe even some urban golf. But um, thank you very much for for your time, and uh, people are going to get a lot out of it. We'll speak soon.
1: Yeah, thanks a lot, Glenn.
0: Thank you. You've been listening to another episode of Yardage Book Yarns. Don't forget to share it with your friends, and we'll see you next time.